Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number nine of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Fusco, and before we get started, I have to give a massive thank you to all of you. So this is the first episode in the month of February, and when I launched this podcast on January 1st, I had zero idea that I would possibly have as many listeners at this point as I actually do. So a week before the end of January, I realized, oh, I'm kind of to a point where maybe it's unlikely, but maybe I could get a thousand downloads by the end of the month. And well, we did. I'm so excited to say that on January, or excuse me, on February 1st, when I woke up in the morning, just to check and see how many downloads there had been, there were 1,020. So thank you guys so much for listening and for sharing. And I will tell you that I have a giveaway coming up sometime this week. So make sure that you are following Happy Home Birth Podcast on Instagram because there is a really cool sticker, um, like a vinyl decal kind of sticker that is going to be given away. So be sure that you are following up for that. I also would like to take this time to thank our amazing sponsors. So first we have, once again, Mama Moon Birth Photography. Ashley Moon is a birth photographer and filmographer in the upstate of Greenville, South Carolina. Ashley does maternity birth photography and filmography. She does lifestyle sessions and newborn fresh 48 sessions. Ashley's style is amazing because it's like a documentary type style and it's very real, very raw And it makes it nice because then you don't have to feel like you have to clean up your house before she comes because it's just (laughs) daily life. Um, So I just absolutely love that. If you are in the Greenville area, you have got to contact her for your next birth or just your next family session. You can see more of her work on her Instagram at mamamoon.birthphotography or you can check out her website at mamamoonbirthstories.com. Our other sponsor is Stephanie Sibio over at Glowing Mama. She is amazing. She has just created a course called Glowing Mama to Be, which is a weekly guide to a fit and healthy pregnancy. Training for labor and delivery is like training for a marathon. We have to train consistently and specific to the goal of a safe and healthy delivery. Stephanie's program comes with weekly workouts, featured recipes, and so much more to support you all the way from six weeks up until birth, and it's broken up into three trimesters, so you can purchase them all together or individually. Knowing how to eat and exercise properly when you're pregnant can be one less thing to worry about when you join Glowing Mama to Be. And the very exciting news is that she is giving anybody who listens to the podcast 15% off of any course with the code HAPPYHOMEBIRTH15. So that's HAPPYHOMEBIRTH15. And make sure that you are over at her or you join her Facebook group, Glowing Mamas. It is incredible. She posts live videos almost weekly at this point, and she shows um, demonstrations. She does that on uh, Instagram as well. She has been such an amazing resource for me during this pregnancy, and I know that I'm going to be looking forward to using her stuff postpartum as well as I recover from birth. So 
The link for the Glowing Mama course is glowing-mama-courses.thinkific.com. And if you need that, that will also be in the show notes. Make sure you check both of them out. Thank you guys so much for your sponsorships. If you are interested or know someone who would be interested in sponsoring an episode, go ahead and contact me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, K-A-T-E-L-Y-N. That is also the email address that you can use to contact me if you are interested in scheduling an interview. So other than that, let's get into this interview. I would like to say that this interview is a little more depthy. So it's not bubbly fun like a lot of them are. Um, Our guest Kelly goes into some struggles that she has had during her very, very close together five births. They were all five home births, um, but she has struggled with maternal depletion and postpartum depression and um, issues such as that. So be sure that this is that you're in a good headspace to listen to this episode. If you are currently pregnant, are preparing to give childbirth, and are really just wanting to listen to an upbeat episode, possibly wait until you have gotten into a good postpartum space to listen. It's an incredible, incredible episode, and it's an amazing resource for moms who have struggled with many of the same things. And so I don't want to take that lightly. I feel like it's important to share Kelly's story and and provide help to those who have experienced similar things. But I do just want to make sure that you understand that this episode is not the light and bubbly interview of, oh, everything went perfect. So with that in mind, let's head over to the interview. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I would love for you to start off by introducing yourself to my audience. Who are you? What do you do? What's your family like? Okay. Um, Well, my name is Kelly Appleton, and I'm an author's wife, so that has been exciting or interesting, not normal from the start, Um, doing book tours and just all kinds of stuff. My husband's had various jobs throughout our whole marriage. We've been married for nine and a half years, and we have five beautiful children. That's what everybody says, right? <laughs> they're troublemakers, but they're also so smiley and sweet and cuddly. And they just tell you they love you. And then you're like, oh, I forgive you for whatever you did. <laughs> yeah, they get you. They get you with the cuteness. Well, so Kelly, tell me, how did you come to decide to have home births? What was your journey to home birth like? Um, well, probably not your typical journey these days. Um, I grew up with six younger siblings, and although I was not born at home, my mom had her last five of her seven children at home. So I was there for three of her home births and got to even help out with the last two, which was exciting for I was 10 and 11 at the time and so that was just exciting for me um and I'm just very hands-on person so I love that and it just became it was what I knew what I grew up around and so I just like always knew that when I had my children I wanted to have them at home and I actually just recently came across a letter I wrote when I was 13 about things I wanted in my future husband and uh, one of the things is that he was okay with me having a home birth or that he would want me to have a home birth because 
even back at 13 years old, I just knew that was something that I wanted to do. Um, and thankfully my husband, before we were even like dating or anything, somehow we got on the topic of like people having babies and he said, Oh, I want my wife to have home births. And I was shocked because I knew his family and that just floored me. I did not expect that from him. So I was like, okay, another reason to like this guy. It's meant to be. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So, um, that kind of started our journey and from the get-go, I guess it was just part of my life. And so, um, when we got pregnant with our, um, well, technically our second baby, cause we miscarried our first, um, right after getting involved with like the midwife and stuff, as far as meeting the midwife, talking to her and then miscarrying, that was very sad. Um, oh, I bet. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It, you never forget the children you lost, no matter yeah. how short the time that you had them, that you know that they exist. Um, and so then we got pregnant again, um, probably about three months later, and uh, we were on book tour at the time, so I was not even, it wasn't even on my radar. And then New Year's Eve, I was like, oh, I totally missed my period and um, took a test, and sure enough, I was pregnant. So that was exciting um, way to start the new year for us. And we got home from our book tour a few months later and got in touch with the midwife again and moved right along um, into our first home birth. And it was not, it was your typical and yet not your typical birth as far as it was 37 hours long. Mm -hmm. And it was, I did not do enough preparing ahead of time because I had grown up in the like culture of home birthing. My mom had home births. She had friends who had home births. Um, my cousins, like they all, some of them are having home births or rather my aunts, you know, my cousins are being born. And so, um, I just didn't think or know to do any like research for myself to prepare myself of what to expect my body to go through. Um, so when labor started for me, I was just in, immediately worried about the pain and I tensed up and I I believe that I stalled my labor for probably about 20 hours or so of that 37 hours um, in that it just nothing was moving along. And um, it wasn't until my mom, who was there with me, she was kind of my acting doula. She ended up being there for four of my five home births. And um she just kept all of a sudden it hit her that that was probably what I was struggling with. And she said, it's not the pain is not going to get any worse than it is right now. Just breathe through it. Go through it. Go with it. Let your body do what it's made and designed to do. And those words like were so powerful and helped me to stop holding on to the pain and or rather like resisting. I was resisting the pain and just like holding myself like against it as if I was like trying to fight this pain instead of like letting it come. It's amazing what your body does when you actually let it do what it's designed to do because it flows and it does what it's supposed to do much easier. Um, and I mean, we did have to do some extra stuff as far as I stomped up and down the driveway to get that baby out because he was huge, huge head. He did not want to come down the birth canal at all. So about an hour of stomping and stuff and t- 
two and a half, maybe three hours of pushing. And he was finally bored and I was exhausted because <laughs> I, I had that for like three days. Yeah, that is that is such a great point. I'm really glad that you brought that up. The idea that even though you had been exposed to home birth your entire life, that still that didn't give you the full amount of wisdom that you needed to right. go, you know, to, to actually be prepared. And I think about, you know, other women who decide to have home births that didn't even grow up in that type of community and the the true importance of childbirth education or at least just reading some books to to get yourself prepared because what you mentioned that that fighting the contractions you know that tensing up I I have seen that a number of times and it's so hard to realize okay I just need to relax through it because yeah of course you want to kind of prevent it and it's hard to realize that okay, actually, I'm. it's going to happen either way. If right. I relax, it can do its job. Right. If there's no pain, there's no gain. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. And and it's true that, like, we did um, a home birth class with our midwife or a birthing class, right? And um, it was good, but um, one, my husband actually wasn't able to attend the class with me, um, and two... I, it wasn't in depth enough. So I would really recommend that you, if you're considering home birth, whether you have experienced it, even if you've been at someone else's home birth, get your hands on a couple of books. Um, One of the books that I read that really helped me was Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way. Um, And I would reread through the last section of that book about all the different ways that you can go into labor and about breathing and I would just immerse myself in those last few chapters repeatedly back like several times leading up to the end of my births um with my last four births I actually did that for the last four um just to keep my mind focused on that and in the back of my mind I was always prepping and practicing my breathing techniques and just when imagining the pain, the contraction will come, but it's like a wave. And once it peaks, it goes down and just, and I'll have a relief. And, um, that helped so much because the next four labors were completely different. Um, my next two labors were both 21 hours long, exactly, but completely different labors. Um, one was very, uh, like I got in my Zen, like very, which I'm not like, I don't know, new agey or whatever, but I just my zone, like I was so focused on me and what my body was doing with my next labor that, um, cause I just, I took that time to prepare and to think about that and to prep myself mentally for that. And so I got to the point where I was so focused that I wasn't even making a noise when I was going through contractions. And it was only when they got really, really intense that I would maybe like hum or like just like moan out loud a little bit. So the midwives thought that that was the only time I was having contractions. And I was only doing that every maybe four or five contractions. So when I was ready, I felt like I was ready to push and I didn't want to push too soon because I pushed for so long the first time. Um, They were like, well, they had thought that maybe the baby had turned um, 
posterior right by the time labor started because my first was posterior that also contributed to the 37 hours um but they were like well we've I don't think you're ready yet like we want you to get up walk around and um and I was just like no you have to check me I think I'm ready to push and they just really wanted me to get up so I got up and um tried I had been on the bed and I walked around the corner of the bed and had a contraction hit and it was like ripping through my body and I just felt my bait my body trying to push and um so I like yelled at them like no I'm not taking another step you have got to check me right now and um from the moment they wrote down um you know as I said that like they wrote that down and four minutes later they were writing down baby was born oh wow (laughs) I, I think I pushed three times and she was a 10 pound baby like she was a huge baby, but she had a much smaller head than my first, so it was, like, easier. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Sometimes I feel like those bigger babies, people are so nervous to have the big babies, but I feel like sometimes they are easier to get out than the easier. smaller ones. Honestly, my larger babies were easier um, easier births for the most part. It was my smallest baby that was the hardest I say the hardest labor. It was, I mean, my first labor was the hardest. My third labor was um, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And I was very, it was very intense. Like it started um, Christmas Eve, like in the evening. And it was intense from like the, the same level of intensity from the beginning to about 24 hours. Well, just under 24 hours later. Um, but the contractions were like 12 to 15 minutes apart the entire labor to the point where at the end when um, I had taken about an hour and a half just to rest because I was just so tired. Um, and I had one one of the main midwives had arrived at that point because Christmas Day, they didn't all like show up until <laughs> it was closer to time. Um, it was like, well, you go and let me, cause you don't have a lot of family in town. So you let me know how things are going. Um, and so she was going to check me and break my water and just see if that would just help things progress since the contractions were still a good seven to 15 minutes. They were varying. Like there was no consistency. It would have a seven minute contraction and then a 12 minute contraction. And, um, and so she went to check me and it was, literally she's like waiting for the contraction to come to like break my waters and it was seven minutes like that we were just sitting there waiting and waiting for it to come it was just like that's how the whole labor went and then that contraction came and I pushed started pushing and and I ended up just pushing with no contractions that's the only labor I pushed with no contractions I do not recommend it but it was what I knew I needed to do because when I got pushing, I knew that because I have a tipped uterus and stuff, so there's like a lip, and if I didn't keep moving that baby down, we'd reverse and we'd end up backtracking. So I pushed, and I'm so thankful that I did because he was the only one of my five children that came right on, or rather the day after his due date. Um, everyone else was nine to 12 days late and he had a true knot in the middle of his cord, but it was wrapped around his ankle three times and it was wrapped around his neck twice. 
So with a knot, like, in the middle. And that child did so many, like, flips in my belly all the time um, that it made perfect sense. But his pul- his cord stopped pulsing shortly, like, within just a couple minutes of him being born. So I just felt that that was just God, like, that's why God let him come early. To me, that was early, coming on time. Um, And then having... Um, just the, I just felt I was praying when I was transitioning, waiting for that contraction to come. Um, I just started praying out loud and I just felt like the power of the Holy Spirit just there with me and telling me to keep pushing, even though after that contraction came, I didn't have another one and I didn't have another contraction until like 10 minutes after he was born. And so then it was like, okay, well, let's try to get the placenta out. So um, that was just really, I don't know, it was just a powerful, incredible moment. And it was Christmas night. And it was just the most, I don't know, amazing moment. Wow. That in and of itself, that's, that's really beautiful to be able to pray during your labor and feel a very specific answer for something that you would not typically think to do you know it's not yes. like you would typically think to push when your body's not actively <laughs> not contracting so yes. what did your midwives say at that point did they did they realize you weren't having contractions while you were pushing they I I feel like I I told them um because the contraction had definitely like gotten over and stuff and I said something like I just I have to push I have to keep pushing and um I feel like I mentioned like a contraction's not coming. I have to push. And my mom was just right there and telling me to just do whatever I felt was right. And so I did and I pushed. And I don't think all because I had two midwives and a um assistant there and I don't think they all realized that I wasn't having any contractions because after the baby was out and he was bored and then like when it came time with the next contraction, I was like, well, it's bad. I haven't had a contraction since you broke my waters. So we should probably try to get the placenta out because it could be a while before I have another one. Um, and I just saw a couple of them were like, wait a minute, did she just push without contractions? And we never like talked about that after the fact. Um, that's one thing that I felt like my last midwife because I had three different midwives throughout the five births and my last midwife was really amazing at like going back and talking through everything and like any thoughts like in just in some of the postnatal call um visits and stuff and I appreciated like walking through some of that process verbally because I'm a verbal processor with my midwives and assistants instead of just kind of like I mean, we touched on it, I feel like, briefly um, with the some of my other births, but it wasn't, not to the same extent, I guess. So that's something that I, I appreciate it. And you don't be afraid to try a new midwife if you didn't have a problem with your first midwife, but feel like, well, I still feel like I was missing something. Um, visit other midwives. My first midwife I had for the first three births was, she was resourceful. She was good. Um, I was okay with her, and she was kind of one of the only options that we had at the time. Um, but my last midwife was like, 
my absolute favorite. I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, amazing. If I could have her, like, at every birth, like, my that I felt like it was she was my best friend because I would see her every week and stuff. Um, and my assistants were amazing. So, um, I don't know. I guess it can just it can look different. With my last labor, I just took full advantage of having some community locally finally, and my mom getting here um, the day that I went into labor and stuff. And so like having her here, and I even schedule. I even had a doula just because I figured just in case my mom doesn't make it, I still need a doula person who actually knows essential oils and can help me with all of that. Um, and so I did. I had, yeah, I must have had. I think I had six people here. You had a birth entourage. I did. It was a big, it was like a party, you know, it's like everybody was sitting around and they're all like talking and mingling and I'm doing my own thing. But it was just having their presence um, was so supportive and encouraging. Um, I kind of like skip right to the last birth there, but um, well, go ahead, please. No. Yeah. So we were um, actually thinking that we were done with child, baby number four. <laughs> because just there was so much emotional upheaval at the time we went from oh we're having 10 kids to no we're only having four um and then surprise we were pregnant again um and we quickly we found out pretty early on that we were having a boy and we had three boys already so it was like ah one more boy we can do this um my daughter cried for hours (laughs) yeah she was um five four or five at the time and she just wanted a baby sister so badly she cried and cried um and I cried too I'll admit because I wanted another girl um but I was you know just focusing on like being thankful for this baby um I was a little disappointed that it was a boy because I thought great that means I have to have another baby because I'm positive that our baby girl like I had this name picked out since our very first baby that we didn't use when I did have a girl. And I was just like, somewhere in the world, my Bethany is still there. Like, I just knew it. I had this feeling. I was like, she's still there somewhere. So I guess that means I'm going to have another baby or maybe we'll adopt or something. I could, I didn't know because I just felt like this was it. I don't know if I could have any more children, like being pregnant and having four little kids that relied on me. My oldest was only five at the time and so that was just insane <laughs> um I mean he, he turned yes, six you I had guess. you had a lot of of back-to-back birth so that that yeah. was just exhausting to think about I imagine it, yeah I was so exhausted at that time and then to be pregnant on top of it then pregnancy exhaustion it was so overwhelming and I spent the entire nine months crying and pleading with God to help me um, be excited about this birth. And don't don't ever beat yourself up if you are struggling with those feelings because they are real. Um, whether you feel inadequate or you feel like you already have two kids or one kid and feel like this is overwhelming. How am I going to deal with two or three or four or five in my case? Um, and... It wasn't until like weeks before I gave birth that a friend who had had a baby um, just a couple, just about six weeks earlier, I saw her and I was, I went the day she had the baby and I held her baby 
And I tried to like conjure up those feelings of I'm going to have a baby soon. This is going to be like my baby soon in my arms. And within like 15 to 20 minutes of holding this baby, I was just like, nope, not there yet. And I gave the baby back and I just went home like crying. Like That is not where I thought that story was going. (laughs) No, it's not. I was just like, this is not... um, this is not good because I'm going to have a baby in two months. I'm going to be holding a baby and it, I cannot be like, nope, take this baby back. <laughs> so it was, it wasn't until like the last three weeks that before I had the baby that um, I was finally able to come to terms with it and to feel like I could handle it um, to some extent. I didn't feel very capable. I just was like, okay, this is happening whether I want it to or not. And I, I'm just going to have to do it. I've always done whatever I had to do before, whether it was taking three or four kids to the grocery store by myself or whatever, you know, I can have five babies. I will never leave my house, but I will have five children. Um, And so it was just a very interesting nine months, not at all all, um, what I was expecting as far as I didn't expect to be pregnant. I wasn't hoping to be pregnant at the time. Um, but it was a learning experience for sure. And then um, when I went into labor, my mom had gotten there that day and we went. At that point, I was just ready like to have the baby and my mom had just gotten there. So I'm like, now is the time. If there's a time to have this baby, now is the time. And I went to my appointment that morning and I was like, okay, what do we do to get labor going? <laughs> and so we did all the things. <laughs> and What did you uh, do? Okay, well, I had my membranes stripped, and then I started a tincture, um, just like cotton root or something like that, um, and that was just like every 15 minutes around the clock for three hours, and then I followed that with two tablespoons of castor oil. So yeah, after the two tablespoons of castor oil, then I um, I just continued with like we went through dinner and stuff, and. Um, then had the typical like emptying out and guys, it is not that bad. Okay. Like castor oil <laughs> is not one. It's tasteless. So eat a piece of pineapple afterwards and it totally like the acid breaks down just the oil feeling in your mouth or someone said, you know, swish with ginger ale and spit it out or something like that. I don't know. I have had castor oil before, not <laughs> to start labor, but it's just the oil consistency. It's oh cons- my gosh. Oh, it's so gross. It is. It is gross. But it's like if you can just down it and then just as if you're like swallowing something big or something. I don't know. And then just like you have to eat something acidy like the second you take it. Yeah, there is a a concoction that I've heard of that's like you mix apricot juice and castor oil and champagne Ew. and some oh, other yeah, things I've like that. I've heard that. One of and my friends tried that. Peanut She's butter? Nasty. Yes. I don't know. No, 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 no. No, I, in my opinion, just take a spoonful of it and eat a piece of pineapple and then take another spoonful and eat a piece of pineapple. <laughs> it was way easier just saying. <laughs> and it was really fast, but that was the second time I've taken it like in my life as far as other things. So, um, and then just like cleansing out, I started feeling just like sick to my stomach after nauseous, just that like nauseousness. Um, after like I emptied out and uh, I guess it was about it was exactly like three hours after I had taken the castor oil. And 
within an hour contraction started after like after like so three hours after I took the castor oil my body emptied out and then within an hour I was just like laying on the couch because my I felt a little nauseous and I mean I had eaten dinner and all of a sudden like contraction started and they were strong and they were close together like they were a good they were like about four or five minutes apart and they were a good about 90 seconds long and they were like I mean it was like right on and consistent I called my doula right away and I was like um I've just had like five contractions and they were like three to five minutes apart and this is how long they were and she was like maybe you should call the midwife or she was like well maybe take a few minutes or take you know wait another few take another 20 minutes or something and like I had two more contractions and I was like no I think we need to call everybody and so we got everybody on their way and stuff um and I was just my mom was there so we just slipped right into our like I don't know we like read each other's minds I read her mind when she was in labor and I used to like rub her back and stuff and she reads my mind when I'm in labor (laughs) and she would read my back change it at just the right moment put just the right amount of pressure when I needed pressure without me having to say a word like guys that is amazing to have (laughs) I know you don't always get that and I did not get that for all of my labors either but when you have it it's awesome and um so we just started right away I was laboring over the kitchen counter um for about an hour and then my doula got here and we um moved upstairs and at that point I had been standing for an hour doing contractions so I sat on um just a big ball uh exercise ball and leaned leaned over like the um, arm rest of my husband's office chair for a while and then over the desk um, probably for about two hours I think I did that and then I tried to like go and lay down on the bed just to give my body a break and all this time they were filling up um, a birthing pool for me which it had been my dream to have a um, water birth since my first labor but it was that labor was so long I labored in the birthing pool for a total of eight hours but I never actually delivered there because I had the baby 24 hours after that so um so this time it was just like I was waiting for it to get full and I was also I didn't want to get in too early because I was like even though my last labor was six hours this one could be 20 hours probably not I didn't feel like it would be but I just had that mindset and so I tried to lay on the bed for a little while and I just I kept shaking. I was very, I was feeling cold um, and just shaky. And so they're like, well, if you want to try the birthing pool, like it's ready, it's full, it's a good temperature. Um, And I climbed in there and it felt like heaven. Like I got this, like everybody says I like lighted up and I had all this energy all of a sudden. I was just like, I didn't have energy. I was just like way upbeat and like perky. I perked right up and I was just like, this is amazing. Like, why didn't anybody tell me? No, people told me. I just, every place I had been living in for the last home births, um, it was just not good logistically for a good location for me to have a birthing pool set up. We, I actually had all five babies in five different locations. Like, we were living in five different places each time. Um, so we joke that, you know, we can't move again. Otherwise I'd have to have another baby. (laughs) That's perfect. Stay where you are. Stay where we are. No more babies. Um, 
And so after being in the pool for, I think, maybe two hours, all of a sudden, I just wanted to, like, get on my – I wanted to change things up because I felt like things were kind of progressing, but – I thought, you know, sometimes they say if you change position, like, that can really move things. And so I went over onto my hands and knees, like, or just, like, leaning with my arms on the side of the tub. And I had just been reclining. And um, a contraction came. And when it came, I immediately felt, like, when it started, that I wasn't able to relax into the contraction as easily in that position. And so I, like, mid-contraction flip myself back over onto my back and they were all everybody was like what are you doing but as I did that the baby shifted and like totally moved down the birth canal like inches probably like it felt like the baby moved inches um and so I was I felt that and I was like oh guys it's time like I was like everybody and it had been dark so we had like some candles going and stuff but um I mean, like, I was like, I need light. Uh, you should check me. Like, I think things are about to happen. Um, so then um, they checked me. And that was the only birth that I did not have to have my waters break, broken for me. Um, I th- don't even know if we had to hold back my cervical lip. Because we'd always had to do that before, too. And I she checked me. And the contraction came. And I tried pushing and baby was moving forwards and I think I only pushed maybe six times or something then he was born and he I had him on my chest and I was holding him and um just so relieved that I had done that and I was like I can't do this again um but I was I was just so thankful and relieved and everything and I'm like I mean we knew it was a boy but I went to check him and I was expecting to see one thing and I saw something totally different and I didn't say a word and I looked again and I started screaming. I was like, it's a girl. We had a girl. And I was, I just started like screaming. I don't have to do this again. This is my last baby. Oh, that is so funny. (laughs) I was just so relieved. Like I, I just knew I couldn't handle anymore. Like I couldn't do it again. Um, and, but I was willing to do it again if it meant I had to have a girl. Um, of course then I was like, why didn't I know it was a girl? Cause that could have saved me so much heartache. I, when I found out I was pregnant, I had said, I was on the phone with a friend when I took the pregnancy test and I was like, it has to be a girl. If this baby is a girl, I can do this. I can be pregnant right now. I can have another baby. I can do five kids. But if it's a boy, I don't think I can do this. And, like, my friend totally had to talk me off the edge of the cliff um, for about an hour after I took that pregnancy test. Um, And um, so, I don't know. It's just, it was such a just life-changing moment of finding out that she was a girl. And I looked at her for weeks, like, wondering, just not being able to believe that it was a girl, not a boy. I had to send my mom out shopping the next day and, like, buy all the girl stuff because I saved all the boy stuff. I don't have any girl stuff anymore. (laughs) And that was really fun. Um, And then, you know, we we had a good night. We slept and everything. Um, She nursed fairly good considering um, I have struggled with inverted nipples. And if you 
are one of those lucky, not so lucky people, um, press through because you can make it. I had to repress through every single time I had a baby because they would revert back to being inverted. And you can breastfeed through the pain, through the blood, through everything. And I promise, like, even if you can't get a lactation consultant to help, um, one, check to see if they have a tongue or lip tie. And, um, but you can do it. You can totally do it. You just have to tell yourself, I have to make it to the six week mark. And when you hit the six week mark, you look back and you're like, I can't believe I was in that much pain that I even considered stopping because every time I never imagined that the pain would stop. And I, I was so determined and we didn't have money to buy formula. So I was just like, I have to nurse. There's no other option. So, um, about 12 hours after she was born, um, I went to use the bathroom, you know, because that's a, that's a feat in itself after you've had a baby. Um, and I have been learning a lot over the past year and a half. Um, I had, I was on bed rest for 12 weeks after baby number five was born. So talk about a crazy, crazy, insane um, space of time. And let's just say when you have five little kids and you can only go from the couch to the bathroom, back to the couch and can't even stop long enough to make your kids lunch, um, you need to get help, like live in help. Because after six weeks of trying to get just people from church who were able to help. Um, I mean, we would have like two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon, two hours in the evening um, when my husband was at work. And it wasn't enough because my kids were young and they quickly figured out that they could get away with anything they wanted because mommy was scared that if she ran after them, she would be in worse trouble than she was. So um, that was just, a, that was a challenging time. So we ended up traveling up to Connecticut so we could so I could stay with my parents and just get that extra help that I needed for the last um, six weeks of that time period. Um, but when I got back, I started doing physical therapy. Um, there is such a thing as pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, and I we discovered that I had a cervical prolapse. Um, I have been exercising using um, fit to be um website through Beth Learn. Um, and she is um, connected and works closely with Kelly Dean from the tummy team. I knew my core was weak because I had had I was having four babies within four years. So when I was learning about that, I knew that was definitely something I was struggling with. I just didn't realize how important it would have been um, it, for me to continue with some more core specialized stuff after having baby number four and through my next pregnancy um, because maybe I could have prevented a prolapse. Um, maybe spacing out my babies would have prevented a prolapse as well. Um, it wasn't my intention to have them so close together. It kind of just happened. Um, but uh, I will say that being on the other side and now trying to do all this work to help my body recover 
from having all these babies and nursing for so long. And I am still nursing. Um, We're 19 months in, which is the longest I've nursed anyone. I've usually been holding a newborn baby at this point or about to hold a newborn baby in another month or two. So um, this is a very new season of life for me. I can actually enjoy my 19-month-old and learn about her, whereas I never got to do that with any of my other children because I always had a newborn either almost here or here. Um, And so I feel like I missed a lot with those sometimes um, just because I was so tired and drained. Um, And I could just, I was surviving. I was in survival mode for the past six years, six and a half years. And I am only just coming out of survival mode. And now I'm trying to work hard on building my core. So I am, I am doing consistent physical therapy again. Um, right. And it's that's really so helpful. Neat. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Gosh, Kelly, y- you have, you've really been through a lot with your, <laughs> all five of your pregnancies. And I know it sounds like it hasn't always been super easy for you, but, but you sure have gained a lot of wisdom. And I'm so grateful that you've been willing to share this on the podcast because I know there are other mothers out there like you that have struggled with maternal depletion and have struggled with pelvic floor issues. And thank you so much for being willing to come on and for being willing to uh, shed some awareness on, on the issues. Well, thank you for having me because I really, I appreciate the opportunity to share because it's something that I feel like I didn't know much about going into motherhood, um, the maternal depletion, for sure. Um, I've been through postpartum depression. I've been through everything, it feels like. Um, And it's challenging to get the support you need and to take care of yourself and to make self-care a priority when it is so, so important as a mom. Because if you can't be Um, taking care of yourself first, then you're not going to be able to take care of your kids the way that you want to. And you don't want to look back and be like, if I had only taken a bath every once in a while for myself, I wouldn't have yelled so much or I wouldn't be able to talk to my child and engage them in conversation. Yeah, that's a good point. Gosh. Mm -hmm. Well, I am so grateful that you came on, Kelly. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're so welcome.